Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Luke chapter 15. We're going to pick it up in verse uh, number one. You can follow along on your Bibles or just follow along on the screens, whatever you want. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And when I read this, I don't know about you, but I am thankful that this is a picture of Jesus, the good shepherd that goes after us, that pursues us, that never leaves us astray. Is anybody thankful for Jesus, our good shepherd? And we're going to pray in a moment. But I am believing that today we're going to leave this place with a different perspective, with a better understanding of the love of Jesus with a better understanding of who Jesus is and that we would leave this place passionate about people and with an urgency to go and reach people so that they can come and know this Jesus. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your love. God, for finding us and and saving us, God. We're praying that your spirit will be here in this place today as we talk about your word, God, that you will fill our hearts with passion for people, God, that we will be passionate about you and passionate about reaching people. God, that we will not see excuses, but see opportunities, God, so that people can come to know you. God, give us the strength that we need. Equip us, encourage us, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, anybody here, you can say you're a little bit forgetful. You forget things easily. Anybody forgets things easily. I guess we're the only ones here. But I forget things easily. And... Um, Alex would probably agree and say, not only do I forget things easily, I am extremely, not just a little bit, but extremely forgetful. And there are two things in specific that I'm always losing. That is my keys and my cell phone. I never have my, my keys. I always leave my cell phone in all kinds of places, tables, wherever I go. I just forget about it. And, you know, in our house, we have this specific place where we put our keys so that we don't forget the keys and on the way out we can find them pick them up and just go and you know most of the time I am good at putting my keys in that place but I really don't know what happens half the other time because the next day when I'm I'm about to leave my house go to work come to church I'm like where are my keys has anyone seen my keys babe have you seen my keys and he already knows that this is how I am and it's like have you checked the room have you checked your purse Where'd you put them last night? And it's like, I don't know. If I knew, I wouldn't be looking for them. They're gone. You know, my cell phone. I need my cell phone. I need my cell phone to um, answer emails and call people and whatnot. I mean, we all love our cell phones. But for some reason, I forget it all the time. I mean, plenty of times I've left my house 
I get in the car. We're on our way to church. We're on our way to work. And I remember my cell phone. And you know that moment of panic that you have when you're like, when you think about your cell phone and then you can't find it. You're like, oh, Jesus, did I lose it? Did I drop it on the floor? What's happening? I've had to come back to my house several times because, I mean, we can't live without our cell phones. And you know what I realize is that so many times I forget these things that are important because I am just so focused on the things that I need to do. I'm just thinking about what I need to do today. And I'm running late. And I'm thinking about the meeting that I need to go to. And I'm thinking about the fact that I need to talk to this person. And so I'm just focused on the things that I have to do and I forget the things that are important. And, you know, church, I believe that in the same way, we can go through life. And we can be so focused with ourselves, with our own lives, with where, where we're going, the things that we have to do, the busyness of the day today. We can have our eyes fixed on that next car we want to buy, that career we want to have, that next cell phone we want to purchase. And we begin to put more value on the things that are temporary rather than the things that are eternal. We go through life and we are just so busy with what I want and what my life looks like and the things that I have to do that we forget about people. We forget about the people that we walk by every day, that we drive by every day, that we sit next to every day. All of a sudden, we be begin to put our value on the things that are temporary. And what we need to understand is that material things are temporary, but people are eternal. People are what matters. And if we were to understand that, then we would have a different perspective every time we leave our house. Hey, you know what? It's not bad that you have goals and that you have dreams. That is great. I believe that we should all have dreams and that we should all have goals. But the problem is when those things begin to cloud our eyes and it begins to be the only focus of our lives, the only desire of our lives, and we begin to forget that there is a world around us that is in pain, that is broken, and that is in need of Jesus. And I believe that what Jesus wants us to do is be aware of people. Because the reality is that you can be holding your iPhone 7 right now. But when iPhone 8 comes out, you know you're going to be looking at your phone like this phone is garbage. You know, it just doesn't take great pictures. And I don't know if it happens to you, but when a new phone comes out, all of a sudden your phone starts like not working well. And so you're forced to buy a new phone. And then you save up for years, maybe whatever amount of time, all the money that you have because you've always wanted to get this car. And that is the car that I want. But the reality is that once we get that car, let a couple months go by and there's going to be another car that is better, that is nicer. So all these things are not bad. But when they become the focus of our lives and we begin to lose sight of the people around us, and we have a problem because God has called us to love people, to go after people, to bring people to know him, to bring people to, to the house of God so they'll get to know that there's a God in heaven that is for them and that loves them. And, you know, church, I believe that we need to live lives that are not self-centered, that it's not all about me. And what I can get. And what I can have. God doesn't want us to live lives that are selfish. God wants us to live lives that are all about giving. And including other people. And what I want us to see in this verse that we just read. The context of what's happening here. Jesus is in a place. And he's about to start preaching. 
And there's some people that are there. It says that they're sinners, tax collectors. It says that there's some Pharisees there as well. We have two groups of people here. We have the sinners and the tax collectors. The people with the not-so-good reputation. The people that were doing the things that were not right all the time. The people that other people looked down upon. They weren't that great. They're not good enough. And then we have the Pharisees, which were experts in the law. I mean, they followed every single rule, and they thought they were perfect, and they were great. And they thought of themselves as better than other people. But yet they were all gathered together to hear Jesus. And I love this picture because this picture tells us that Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is not just for the person that comes to church on a Sunday or Sunday after Sunday. Jesus is not just for the person that is out there doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. Jesus is for everybody. Jesus is for everyone. His desire is that we would all come to know him. And so Jesus is about to start teaching. This is happening. All these people are here. And, of course, the Pharisees look at these people. And they mutter and they say they cannot believe that this man, Jesus, welcomes sinners. But not only that, he actually eats with them. This wasn't okay. This was scandalous at the time. They're like, they cannot believe this. But Jesus hears them. And in very, you know, Jesus fashion, he just looks at them and he answers them with a story. And every time he does that, I don't even know why they keep trying, because every time Jesus answers them, he always shuts them up. I mean, they have nothing to say when Jesus answers them and replies to them. And what Jesus tells them is, put your shoes, put yourself in the shoes of these people, of this shepherd who has a hundred sheep. The shepherd has a hundred sheep he's carrying for them, and then he realizes the one is gone. One is gone. Now, I don't know about you, but I think 100 sheep is a whole lot of sheep. And if one goes missing, it'll probably take me a whole lot of time to figure that out. You know, probably two or three or five could go missing, and I'm still going to be like, "Eh, seems about fine. But he notices. He knows these sheep. He spent time with them. He probably gathers them up at some point and starts to count them. He probably has a name for them. He cares for this sheep. And so he realizes that one sheep is gone. And he doesn't think about it twice. He says, you know what? This sheep is in danger. There's predators. Something could be happening to it. I'm going to go rescue it. And I really don't know if that will be my response. I'll probably look at the 99 and be like, we're good. I don't know how far I'm going to have to walk. I don't know if it's going to take me a day or two. I think I can live without one sheep. But Jesus, it's not like that. Jesus is the kind of God that goes after us and finds us from wherever we are. This is the kind of Jesus we have. And so he goes. He finally finds it. We don't even know how long it takes him to get to his sheep. He finds it. He's so excited. He's so happy. He picks it up. He puts it on his shoulder, and he brings it home. And then he throws a party with all his friends because he has found his sheep He's found his sheep. He is happy. He is happy. And you know what? This is such a picture of the kind of God that we have. The kind of God that knows us by name. I mean, we walked into this place today, and there is a whole lot of us. And if I ask any one of you, if you know the names of every single person in this place, you probably don't know it. But we have a God that knows us by name, that calls us by name. We have a God that knows the very thing that is happening in our lives. 
We have a God that knows exactly what is going through our minds in this very second. He knows our dreams, our desires, our fears. And yet he wants to go after us. And yes, he wants to show love on us. And yes, he wants to pick us up and bring us home. He wants to pick us up, meet us where we're at, and bring us to safety. This is the kind of God that we have. And he's called us to love people. All people. Not just the people that are easy to love. Not just the one that fit our standards. All people. But I believe that if we want to be the kind of church and the kind of people that that people will become the cause of our lives and of our hearts. If we want to love people the way that Jesus wants us to love them, then we need to understand a few things. And I think if we get these things into our hearts, it will be easier for us to, to love people the right way. And one of those things, and I want you to write it down, Jesus doesn't just love some people. He loves all people. Not just some people. He loves all people. Jesus is not selective like us. You know, we go through life and we say, I love you because you're nice to me. You, you're, you're cool. I love you. I like you. You're my family member. I love you. You, you're kind of cute. I love you. But we're also the kind of people that we look down to other people and we say, you, you look a little weird. You kind of don't fit in here. You know, this is like my section and my group and you don't look like, like me. I really don't like you. Like, I don't love you. We could be the type of people that somebody has wronged us and somebody has done something bad to us and somebody has betrayed us and lied to us. And so what do we say? I don't love you. I mean, why would I love you? You don't love me. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that Jesus loves everyone. Jesus loves the Pharisees that are always trying to trick him. And I don't know if I could be like Jesus. I mean, you're always trying to trick me. You're always talking about me. But yet, Jesus loves everybody. He loves the sinner. He loves the person that is in this place today. He loves every single person that is out in the city. He loves everyone. And the Pharisees are here. And they just cannot believe that they have to sit down with these people. But all along, what Jesus is trying to tell them is that my message is for everyone. It's not for a group of people. It's not for the ones that pretend they have it all together. It's for everyone. And when we read the story, we see that this shepherd doesn't think about it twice when he has to go get his sheep. I mean, he doesn't doubt. He says, okay, it's gone. It's lost. I'm going to go find it. And he doesn't care where he has to go. He is determined that he's going to find his sheep because he cares for this sheep. And he leaves, and it doesn't matter where he finds it. It doesn't matter how far he has to go. He is determined to go after his sheep. He left what was comfortable. He could have easily said, I'm going to keep the 99. I'm not even going to stress about it. I'll get another one later. But he chose to do whatever to go find his sheep. And it is the same way. That God, our Father in heaven, sent his son Jesus to come to earth, to look down upon humanity and feel compassion for us. And send his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and for me. That we have a God in heaven that when he saw you and when he saw me, he didn't just see all the issues and all the mess ups and all the wrong things I've done. But he saw someone worthy of saving. He saw someone worthy of going after This is the kind of God that we have. 
that will lay down his life for our sake. That when he looks at us, he doesn't see a failure, but he sees potential. He doesn't see someone who is messed up and full of flaws. He sees someone who can do something great with their lives because he is our creator. He created you and he created me with a plan and a purpose for our lives. But I get it. The difficult part about being a Christian sometimes is having to love all people. And we fail time and time again because as much as we want to do this, it's impossible. But I wonder if we could try. This is the hardest thing because not everyone is lovable. I mean, there's people who are wonderful and you love them all the time, but there are those people that are just annoying and there are those people that um, have hurt you and have done things to you. And so how could you love them? How could you love the person that turned their back on you? How can you love that person that lied to you? How can we love people? But God is telling us, Hey, I've loved you. And let me remind us this afternoon, we're not very lovable all the time. I don't know about you, but I'm not very lovable all the time. Shocker, I know. I'm not always lovable. I mean, Alex can say amen. You know, there's some times that I could have a bad day, and I'm not that lovable. And neither are you. (laughs) All of us in this place have done things that we're not proud of. All of us in this place have had our bad days and bad weeks. But what, what this is trying to tell us is that Jesus, Jesus loves us so much that in the same way he saw you and he went to rescue you and your mess is the same way that Jesus is going to see the person next to you, the person that you don't think deserves it, and say, you know what, you're worth saving. I want to go after you. I'm going to pursue after you. So let us never forget, church, that we were those people. Let us never forget that when we didn't deserve it, God still came down from heaven because he wanted to save us. God is for everyone. Jesus is for all people. And the second thing that I think we need to understand is that we need to be willing to meet people where they're at. Be willing to meet people where they are. Jesus tells the Pharisees the story because it just doesn't get to them. They don't understand how Jesus can look at these people and have compassion. How is it that Jesus looks at them and doesn't see how messed up they are? And doesn't see what they do and doesn't see what they did last week. Did you know what they were doing last week? But Jesus cares cares about them. Jesus wants to save them. And I love that Jesus will go anywhere to get you so many times you can come into this place and think that hey I've messed up too much you know what I've done in my life it's not right it's it's just messy and it's ugly there's no place so far you can go where the grace of God cannot find you there is no dirty place where God cannot go get you it doesn't matter how far you are how dark it is how messy it is God is gonna pursue after you until he can pick you up and bring you home because that is a desire of his heart he will go anywhere for you any distance for you because he loves you because he wants you to come home and maybe you have been following Jesus for a long time so many times we can be like that sheep that it's just hanging out here, but all of a sudden begins to look away. Jesus is after you. Jesus is watching over you. 
I feel like so many times the, we're unaware of his presence, but the fact that we are unaware of his presence doesn't mean that he is not present. Hey, whatever you were doing a year ago, whatever you were doing last week, maybe you weren't aware that God was with you. He was watching over you because he pursues you. He goes after wherever you are because he wants to bring you home. In the book of Mark, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Well, Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So let me break the news to us, church. If you follow Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, this isn't about us. It is about the people that are yet to hear about the Savior. The world doesn't revolve around us. It should be us going out to the mission field and looking for people to bring to God. So the question is not whether or not Jesus is willing to meet us where we are. The question really is, are we willing to meet people where they are? Or is people's mess-ups and, and, and things and mistakes way too messy for us to to even consider? I mean, sometimes we can go through life thinking that because now we go to church, because now I, 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 I love Jesus and I, now I have a relationship with God, that all of a sudden the things that I used to do, you know, I'm just way better now. I don't do that anymore. Can we be the kind of church that will do anything to reach people where they are? Can we reach people where they are? Can we tell people, uh, hey, you know what? If you need anything, you give me a call. Hey, if you need me to pick you up because something's happening, let me do it. Like, call me. I'll pick you up. Do people's messes scare us? But do we not understand that we were in a messy situation before? But Jesus took the time to meet us where we were. Jesus didn't care how messy, how ugly the situation was, he still went to a rescue. But you know, church, so many times us Christians can become so good at pointing the finger and at looking at people and pointing out everything that is wrong with them. And you're not doing that right. And look at the way that you're dressed. And look at what you said the other day. And I know where you were last week. We're too good at pointing out the problem, but we are so bad sometimes at bringing the solution. And it kills me sometimes to see Christians being good Christians and sometimes having words of encouragement for a non-believer, for a person that doesn't even know Jesus yet. But all of a sudden, within seconds, you see other people just come around and be like, but did you know? But did you see? I mean, just the other day, there was this artist that um, was singing and he was giving glory to Jesus and he was saying nice things about Jesus, right? And somebody went online and wrote, hey, this was so great. This was so good to see this person talking about Jesus on national TV. And people are going to hear about the name of Jesus. But it was so sad to see that within seconds, little Mr. and Mrs. Judgmental Police just jump out of everywhere. And all they have to say is, but did you know what they said last week? And do you know how they lived their lives? And do you know what their other lyrics say? Matter of fact, I do. 
But you know what I'm doing? I'm in the business of loving people. I'm in the business of pointing people to Jesus. I'm not here to judge people. I'm here to love people all the way to Jesus. Because we got to understand that if we want someone to come to Jesus, that if we want someone to look at us and say, hey, I want what they have, nobody's going to want to be a bitter person who talks down on everybody. But if you're an encourager, if you're an example, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. If you can look at them in the eye and encourage them and remind them that Jesus loves them, all we're doing is watering a seed that's been planted in someone's lives. We look at people sometimes and we, we want to make changes. This is what you got to change. You want to come into this place? You want to go to my connect group? You got to change these things. But we got to understand that we got to learn how to open the door before we can ever come in and make any kind of changes. That our job is to love people and God will do the miracle. We are not the ones that save. Jesus saves. But we can love people. We can open up their eyes to see that there's a God in heaven that is for them. And let's remember that we were once lost. And we were once the ones that weren't doing the right thing. But yet still Jesus welcomed us in this place. Yet still Jesus said, I love you. He never said, go away. He said, come to me. And point number three, we need to be willing to carry people on the journey. Carry people on the journey. You know, I love in this story that the shepherd finally finds his sheep. And he doesn't look at it and it's like, you're so dumb. I can't believe you made me come all this way. I've been walking for days. So you're walking back home. He looks at his sheep and he's so happy that he's found it. That it says that he picks it up. He puts it on his shoulders and takes it home. And then he throws a party. And this is such a picture of Jesus. That Jesus goes to wherever we are, however far we think that we are, as dark as we think that it is, he finds us. But he doesn't just tell us, hey, um, now that I found you, all you're going to do is drive down two miles, make a left, three miles down, and we're there somewhere. He doesn't just find us for the sake of finding us. He finds us to pick us up and bring us home and bring us to Jesus but I wonder if that's what we're willing to do for other people you know the grace of God can reach wherever you are but the grace of God looks at you and it doesn't ask any questions he doesn't look at you and ask you hey what were you doing last night the grace of God comes looks at you and embraces you and loves on you and picks you up because you're valuable, you're valued. Jesus loves you, he wants you to know him. But are we willing to carry somebody else on the journey? Are we willing to go out of our way to not just invite someone to church, but walk them through the journey? Or is it too much of a hassle for us? Is it too much of an inconvenience for us? We're talking about people, the eternal this isn't our phones, this isn't our cars. These are people's lives that you and I can affect. That you and I can point at Jesus. And I want to tell you this story. And with this, I'll end. But I love this story because it shows us what carrying people and the journey means. 
And it's found in the book, in the book of Luke 5, um, verses 17 through 20. Luke 5, it says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And I love this story because there was a group of people that saw a man in need, a person that couldn't get himself to Jesus. It was impossible for him to make it to Jesus. But they didn't just go meet him where he was at and tell you, hey, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. We'll be praying for you. They actually picked him up and walked to the house where Jesus was because they wanted him. They were desperate for him to know Jesus and be saved and be healed. But when they walked in, they, they couldn't get to Jesus because the crowd was just too big. But they got creative. It says that they picked them up, went up on the roof, digged up a hole in the roof and dropped them in the middle of the place. Just imagine right now we're here in this place. It's packed. We can't fit one more person. And then all of a sudden somebody starts opening up a hole in the roof and somebody drops in the middle of this place. I mean, that's pretty crazy. But is that what we're willing to do for people? Are we willing to do whatever it takes to see people's lives changed? Know that our faith matters. When Jesus saw them, he says, because of your faith, he talks about the, the faith of the friends. Your sins have been forgiven. Your persistence, your love, your encouragement, you being inconvenienced makes a difference in someone's life. And I love that it's a group of people because probably one man wouldn't have been, been able to, you know, pick them up, take them up, but it took a group of people. And that's what we're always talking about, community. Because it's not about what one person can do, but rather what all of us together can do. That is the reason why we're always talking about connect groups. Not because we don't have anything else to say. Not because we want to come up here and just, you know, tell you something. But because we believe that life together is better. Because we understand that if one day you fall, that if one day you're not feeling okay, that you're going to have a group of people that are going to look at you, go meet you where you're at, pick you up and tell you we're taking you wherever you need to go, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> to understand that one day that could be us. That one day we could be the ones that are in need. And to know that there's a group of people that are committed to picking us up. We talk about having campuses all throughout the city. And so many people will be like, but why so many? I mean, 10, that's a little bit exaggerated. Oh, 10? You mean I have to serve a little bit more? You mean I have to put a team together? We don't want campuses for the sake of filling up some space. We want campuses because we want to open up holes wherever we need to to make sure there are space for people to come and find Jesus. What do people come into this church and get plugged in and start serving? We serve one, we sit one because of people. 
because our lives were, were changed because somebody did this for us and now it is the, the heart my heart to be able to do the same for other people because I don't want to live a life that is centered around me but I want to live a life that, that leaves a legacy that long after I'm gone there's still an effect because of what I've done in my life that there are people praising God because I once was able to tell them that Jesus loved them and invite them to church Romans chapter 15 and the message version and I love this it says those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us strength is for service not status each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us asking ourselves how can I help but sometimes our question is how can you help me what can you do for me? And I pray that today we would leave this place knowing that strength is not to boast. It's not for us to come into this place and say, God has changed my life. Look how good I am. And, you know, I just have it all together. You people need to learn. No. Strength is to serve people. It's to be able to say, hey, listen, the same way that Jesus saved me and the same way that Jesus rescued me and my life now looks like this is the same way that Jesus can go meet you where you are and change your life. So my prayer for us as a church is that people will be the cause of everything that we do. That after we leave this afternoon, this place, we will not forget what we've heard. We will not forget about people. We will not forget about the mission. We will not be caught up in our day-to-day -day and just come back next Sunday like nothing happened. Church, can I encourage you to go out of your way this week to speak to someone, to encourage somebody, to notice the people around you. We walk into places and we don't even want to make eye contact with people. Can we make it our mission this week to go out there and tell someone, hey, Jesus loves you and encourage somebody and tell them, hey, I know you're going to get out of this. How can I pray for you? How can I help you? How can I bring you on the journey? Maybe you're in this place and you've been hearing me talk about this Jesus and the story and how he is in love with us and how he wants a relationship with us. But you say, Diana, I am too far away from God. I don't even think he wants me. I want to give you an opportunity today to enter into our relationship with Jesus. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, just for privacy, if you're in this place and you say, Diana, I think I've messed up too much. I need to get myself together. I need to go back home and get everything right. Can I tell you that today is a day of salvation? That you don't have to wait till tomorrow? That you don't have to wait till you have it all together? Jesus wants to meet you where you are. That God sent his son, Jesus, to earth to die for our sins. The Bible says he carried the weight of our sins on his shoulders. Whatever you've done and whatever you're going to do, he already paid it for. You can come to Jesus today. You can enter into our relationship with Jesus today. All you have to say is yes. That there is this Jesus 
that wants to bring you home, that wants you to know you are loved, you are valued, that you matter, that wants you to know that you don't have to be broken for the rest of your life, that you don't have to be in pain for the rest of your life. This Jesus wants to come into your heart today and you can say yes. So in a moment, I'm gonna count to three and I believe the hands are gonna go up. And when I count to three, just raise your hand if you wanna say yes to Jesus. If you wanna enter into our relationship with Jesus. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you, 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 God bless you. I'm gonna say a prayer. And I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me. And with this prayer, all we're doing is we're saying yes to Jesus. We're welcoming Jesus into our hearts. So I'm going to ask that all of you can pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and you resurrected. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Change me. Give me a new beginning. From today on, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate that people came to Jesus today? We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.